Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Amen. So, welcome again from my side as well. Uh, we have the privilege uh, this morning of receiving from Aiden. Aiden, if you can come up so long. Aiden um, <clears throat> pastored a church in East London. And then joined Shofar in East London and became part of the show family in that way. And uh, then moved up here to Joburg and has been here for how long? How long? <laughs> five, five years. years. Uh, in, in the Santon congregation. And um, he's, uh, he's been teaching in Bible school and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, this morning he's going to be sharing with us from from Colossians chapter 3, and uh, let's open up our hearts and really receive what, uh, what he has to, to share with us, uh, and, and more importantly, what the Holy Spirit has to share with us through him. Okay, so Aiden, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for Aiden, Lord. We receive him, Lord, as a gift from your hand, Lord, and we receive, Lord, what you want to say to us through Aiden from your word, Lord God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to each of our hearts, Lord. We just open up our hearts to you, Lord God. We don't want to be resistant or rebellious, Lord God. We want to be um, yeah, open and, and submissive to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, mate. Super. You're going to love my sermon. You know, it's so awesome when um, your, what God's laid on your heart is already confirmed beforehand, you know, in the prayer meeting, and then in the worship, and then in the words, you know. So um, hold on to your seats. Um, I normally go quite quickly, um, but we get there eventually, you know, seatbelts on and things like that. So my students, are, during the week... Um, what I get up to, I'm actually a teacher at Eden College um, in Lyndhurst, and my students always tell me that I'm, ish, they've never had a, that I'm weird, they've never had a teacher like me, so I don't know, you can't mess with the majority, I suppose. Anyway, so anyway, so yeah, where's our, have you guys got my slideshow going there? Boom. Um, you see, typical pastor, all the T's, yeah? So there you are. Anyway, so have you ever noticed how the more you try to fight sin and become like all holy or whatever, the more difficult it becomes? Hey? Have you, am I the only one there? I'm, I'm the only one. Okay, please pray for me. Okay, so, um, and it just gets exhausting, man. You know, it's like, forget gym. It's just like, it's just really, really tiring stuff. But um, Paul tells us in Colossians, um, I just want to start just as an intro. The last verse in um, chapter 2, he tells us why that is so. So it says there, the elementary pre principles of the world, which is this do, you know, this effort thing. That's the principles of the world. You know, if we want something, uh, we are actually listening to a song um, on the radio coming here this morning, another confirmation, where it says, you know, like that old saying, um, you know, God helps those who help themselves. You heard that one? By the way, that's not biblical. That's not, uh, no. 
No, that's not biblical. So it's, that's the elementary principles of the world. And it says, are matters which have the appearance of wisdom in their self-made religion and humility and severe treatment of the body, but are no value against the fleshly indulgence. Zigarol, nothing, noit, nada. Doesn't help us. Because while we're focusing on sorting out one thing, we're dying in another area. Yeah? Just ask your spouse. They'll tell you exactly. Yeah? <laughs> okay. So here's how the flesh works. Check out this slide here. It's ultimately, our flesh is like a puppy. Okay? Um, all it wants is to be fat, warm, and tickled. Okay? So how it started is that the poisoner came in the Garden of Eden, and uh, he basically said, you can't trust God. God's got evil intentions in, in our mind, um, so you can't trust God, which made, gave us a sin nature, i.e. Satan in nature, okay? So what that nature is, is we need to do it ourselves. We, have, we can't trust God. God is big and scary, um, so we've got to do it ourselves. So whenever God speaks to us, like he gives us the law, we get aroused. Our flesh gets aroused and we go like, oh, what is that? Let me check that out. And we rebe- you know, children, you never have to teach children to be naughty. You know, they, they just rebel. And then when God is silent and there's no law, then we feel all insecure. Oh, why aren't you talking to me? Oh, don't you love me? Oh, yeah. You know, all of that stuff. So, you know, either way, we, we messed up. So sinful behavior straight away there, rebellion, or we have this survivalistic self-reliance. And 1 John chapter 2 tells us, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Now, in our normal Joburg colloquial terms, that's materialism. You know, it's survival of the individual. Then once we've got that in, in hand, then we go on to the survival of the species. Yeah, that's in our mind. And then when we've got all of that sorted, then we feel really, ah, we've made it, pride of life. You see? And that's what our mind's on the whole time. So that's how the flesh works. And the flesh came to be in Eden when we were separated from our source. Our spirits went dormant due to this mistrust. God is our source of life. And so therefore, our poor soul had no other stimulus except our bodies, i.e. the flesh. So it was totally unbridled and off we go there. So now we know who we are, but that's okay. However, God, like the great father that he has, Buddha marked a plan. He had a plan, you know? So it didn't take him by surprise. He had a plan. And the plan was Jesus' atonement. You see, Jesus' willful sacrifice proved God is trustworthy. Have you ever considered why, why didn't God come in with all the sin and things like that and just come in with the first time with the, you know, white stallion and just like, and show his power and say, you will do this. Then we would have just rebelled against it. Am I right? And, we say, and then our flesh would have seen, oh, you see, yeah, you see, 
Told you so. Contrast him. He doesn't love us. You understand? And that's why Jesus came. He says, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove to you that I'm trustworthy. Galatians 2 verse 20, we've been crucified with Christ and no longer live. But Christ lives in us. You see, that conviction of the fact that somebody died for us willingly while we were yet still sinners, that convicts us and we're going like, our flesh then responds and say, okay, how do we repay this? See? And God says, no, no, it's done. It's done. See? Tricked you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Told you I loved you. Told you you could trust me. Uh-huh. Yeah? But the, the life that we live in this body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us. How do we know he loved us? Because he gave himself for us. So he, that's God's plan. So he wipes it out there. But how do we experience this reality personally? Each moment, day by day. Well, let's go into Colossians. It tells us there. Now, I know Henny's probably going to, um, you know, have a bit of a nightmare here, but we're going to be jumping around, okay? Because if you see there in verse 3, there's a little word, for. Do you see that word? For. That is kind of like the word, therefore, Yeah? So in other words, this is the foundation of what happened just before it. And what happened just before it in verse 2 is, yeah, set your minds on things above, not on what is on earth. For you have died. Do you see that? So the first thing that we need to do is we need to die, okay? You have died, and your life is hidden in Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you too will be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore, okay, this is where we get practical. This is where we make it real. Treat the parts of your body as dead. Two, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, greed, which basically amounts to idolatry. You know, pride of life, as we chatted about there. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon sons of disobedience. And in them you also walked when you were living in them. But now you also rid yourself of all of these things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have stripped off the old self in its practices. Right? So the first thing is we got to play dead. When temptation comes, the first thing that we need to do is play dead. So I need a volunteer. So I've organized myself a volunteer. JP, come. <laughs> Y'all, give him my hand. Give him my hand. He's g- come over here. Come over here. Okay? So now what I need you to do is play dead. Okay? Play dead. Okay, so now he's dead. He's playing dead. Very good volunteer. Yeah? Fantastic volunteer. Have you ever seen a corpse flinch? Whether you kick it or tickle it, it doesn't say, 
Sorry, doc, no pulse. It's done. Did you see that? So when sin comes to stimulate us, it's not an arousal. It's a case of, eh, moving on. Are you with me? Thanks, Jabe. You did a fantastic corpse there, whatever. I, I am a bit scared for your parents, though, when they need to wake up in the morning. Yeesh. But anyway, fantastic. Yeah? So that's the thing. We need to count ourselves dead. But, Mr. Albertine, how do we resist flinching? Well, glad that you asked. Because there we go to verse 2. It says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Now, notice the little word there is the word set. Now, when I was in primary school, I was taught very well that a word like set is a doing word. It's a verb. In other words, there's an action involved there, right? Do you see that? You actually have to set your mind. That's the thing. Just like you set your alarm clock in the morning, or your wife does it for you, um, you set reminders throughout your life, in your life. That's how we do it. To refocus our mind on the things above. It's, it's, it's not going to do it by itself, folks. Yeah? Else you're going to sleep through all the wonderful things that God has got for you. So we need to set reminders. I mean, my daughters, they put things on their mirror, um, up by the toilet, because you know you're bored there. You know? Great place for quiet time. Don't get interrupted. Um, on your steering wheel, yeah? All over your place, on your phone. Set your mind on things above, because that is where your new life is. And then, typical pastor there, your focus feeds your future. Your focus feeds, whatever you're focusing on, you've heard the old saying, garbage in, garbage out, yeah? You need to set your mind. I can't do it for you. Um, I tell my students or whatever, we've got a little rabbit in our brains, you know, that runs on the treadmill. And sometimes our rabbit is sick because it's eating on all the ugly stuff. Like, uh, comparing it with this person or TikToking. You know what I'm saying? And Instagramming. And all of those thingingingingings. Yeah? So we need to set our mind. Okay? Focus feeds future. Then number three. What's the next thing? So what are we supposed to focus on? We need to put on. Now that word there says put on, like clothing. Yeah? I'm so glad that you guys are tired today. Remember how the father treated the prodigal son when he returned home. What was one of the first things that he did? The, the son was, had the wrong focus, was feeling sorry for himself, and the father is going like, get a robe. Get sandals on the feet. Where's the ring? And he covered him. Yeah? So you got to put on the clothing. Again, look, it's a doing word. We've got to put on the new, which has been renewed 
to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it, in which there is no Greek, no Jew, no circumcised, no uncircumcised, barbarian, Thesian, slave, free. But Christ is all in all. Now, notice this is very counterculture. In fact, if you read that correctly, it's actually a rejection of culture. And we in our country, we like to idolize culture, don't we? But scripture tells us that we have to reject our culture in favor for Christ. We are hidden in him. He's our destiny. That is what we need to set our minds on. And even our culture, if it does not submit to Christ, it has to bow the knee. Doesn't matter what it is. It might seem good. But remember in the Garden of Eden, the temptation was to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It might appear. Remember um, that last verse there? These things have the appearance of wisdom. But true wisdom is in Christ. That is where our lives are, are hidden. Again, back to the first point. Dead have no culture. Yeah? There's no dead. All There's just flesh and blow, blow, bones in the grave. Okay? And we all bleed red. There's no racism. We all bleed red. Yeah? And if you're an alien here and happen to bleed something else, we'll speak to you later. This is obviously not for you. Okay? So, <laughs> so let's look. Verse 12 carries on. It says, So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on, there it is again, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Whoever's complained against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you also. Yeah, but they hurt me, eh? You know, I'm justified not to forgive that person. Yes, you're right. You are justified to go to hell too by your actions. Right? Anybody? But guess what? We are in Christ. Our focus is on Christ. Christ forgave us. And because we're receiving his forgiveness, it empowers us to be able to forgive. It's one of the big perks of being a Christian. We're allowed to forgive. How cool is that? We don't have to carry that stuff around with us anymore. We can't let it go. There's lots of other perks of being a Christian, but that's a big one. Okay? So we don't have to be locked into that. The Lord has forgiven you, so you also, in addition to all of these, love. Which is the perfect bond of unity. See these virtues? A parallel passage there is there in Galatians chapter 5. These are the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and the word fruit means result of. So the more you focus on Christ and you're moving forward with Christ, the Holy Spirit is active in your life and all of these things start bubbling up. Because as you focus on all your things that Christ has forgiven you, you look at the other person and you say, man, Small fry. Man, no biggie. 
I can forgive that because of my stuff? Whoa, he forgave me. So it's all describing the character of Christ. But then again you ask, how do we do this practically? I mean, it's not like I can go and put the jacket on me every morning. You know? It's not like Joseph's Technicolor dream coat. Okay? How do we do it practically? Real stuff. Well, here's the key. Through thanksgiving. Thankfulness. Yes? There it is. There's your your magic weapon that God has given us. Look there. Um, number one, let, I mean the next scripture there, verse 15, let, everybody say let, let, that's a doing word, the peace of Christ to which you have been indeed called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. How do we allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts? By being thankful. But we have to let it happen. We've got to say to that rabbit in our, our brain, calm down. Eat the correct things. We've got to let it happen. You know, when we, we are so quick to worry. Do you know what the most um, printed or repeated command in the Bible is? Do not worry. I mean, it's like, it's like a, na- a, a mother nagging you. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Over 14 times. And there's always some form of referencing God is with you. Do not worry. God is with you. Do not worry. I'll go with you. Do not worry. He's near. Do not worry. Everybody say. Yes. Imagine if we actually fulfilled that command. Huh? Forget about the not murder and all of those things. I mean, those are all good. Do not worry. Now, the Bible is a very concise book. I mean, think about it. We've got 66 books here. It's a very concise book. Can I tell you why? We're talking about an entire the entire revelation of an infinite God. And yet he finds plenty of space to repeat, do not worry. I think that's pretty, it's telling us something here. I don't know, I could be wrong. But I think it's trying to highlight something. Do not worry, for I am with you. So when your worrying flesh rears its head, We have to let the peace of Christ's completed work rule us. We know the end of the story. God's still on the throne. There's a reason why his name is Omega and not just Alpha. And we're in him. You see, if we recognize that we are dead already, we've already passed the bad stuff. What more can this world do? Right now, some people are getting set free, right here. Right now. 
that's hitting home right now. Whatever is facing you and whatever could face you, God got there before you. That's not taking him by surprise. Do not worry, I'm with you. That's what he's saying. Always do not worry, I'm with you. Yeah? So how do we do this? Via thanksgiving for God's constant provisional presence. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me. Am I the only one in the room? Jehovah Jireh, my provider, your grace is sufficient for me. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He gives his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Yeah? Got to let the peace reign. Then number B. Number two. So we've got the peace in our hearts. We've got to let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. There's verse 16. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with... Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There it is again, the word, let it happen. It's an action. And how is it done? Through thanksgiving. Singing, singing God's message, singing the gospel of salvation. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. You became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I wonder at your gift of life, and I'm in that place once again. I'm in that place once again. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Awesome. What music and media do you fill your days with when you're not around churchy folk? When you're on your own? You know, ye old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah? Queen. Ah. At least you're honest, bro. <laughs> Loving it. Yeah. God can use that. <laughs> yeah, it's better that we, we're honest with him because he knows everything anyway. Uh, no good hiding. But it's, yeah, that's the thing. What are we filling our lives with, our minds with the whole time? It's not a surprise that we get into that rabbit mode running in our heads and it spirals. So, Peace in our hearts, word in our heads. Number C, whatever you do in word or deed, verse 17, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, who gives thanks through him to the Father. There it is again, giving thanks. I know I'm getting like that nagging mom, but we need to get it in there. 
i.e. the motivation of all of our behavior, whether work or play, home, out of the home, is a big thanks to Yeshua who gave it his all and still takes a major risk for us. You know, um, I was thinking about how to, to um, you know that phrase there, in the name of. We don't actually use that often in today's day and age. The word in the name of actually means on behalf of, representing, yeah? Now consider all of that authority that Christ has got. And then he comes along and he gives us free access to his bank account. That is a major risk. But with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah? Maybe God can even use Spider-Man. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, but what are we doing with Jesus' reputation? Another example is each one of us carries a surname around with us. Am I right? So if people want to know what your family is like, they just look at you. How are you representing your family? Megan Markle? Yeah? Yeah, you guys know what's happening in England, the, the royal family and whatever, and the disrepute and the, you know, all of those things that's been in the media? Yeah, in the royal family there. She might step out of it, but she's still part of the family. And often we try to separate ourselves and compartmentalize and say, oh no, this part of my life is just mine. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You're one person. It's all or nothing. Do all things in the name of Jesus Christ. All things. Whether it's good or bad. You know, um, let's, let's just pop back there to, um, <clears throat> where is it, verse uh, 5. Therefore, treat the parts of your body as dead to sexual immorality. Do you know that there's sexual morality? Do you know that it's, if you're not doing that in your marriage, that's just as bad as doing it outside your marriage. Impurity means that there is a purity that we can fill our lives with. Notice it says evil desire. That means that there are good desires. We don't have to be like all like sad saying, oh no, I'm a Christian. <laughs> the key is actually the opposite. Thanksgiving going, yeah. Yes. Desires. Yeah. Even greed. Do you know what? God is greedy for you. And if he's our example, the one that we must follow. We need to be greedy for his presence. Just like, yeah, Heinz just said that in the video. We need to be greedy, hungry, desiring, eager. It's a funny thing about hunger. If you eat regularly, you don't feel hungry. So sometimes God needs to make us hungry. So that we appreciate 
what we're actually gaining. Yeah? So what are we doing with his reputation? Thus, we can summarize all of this Christian experience into two words. Okay? And pretty much this was my sinner's prayer when uh, I received God. Throw it up there. Hello? Houston? Yeah. So check that up there. Sorry and thanks. Sorry for everything that we had done. And then a transition happens. When we meet Christ, the rest of our life is thanks. Repentance and belief. Sorry. Thank you. There it is. But now here's the, here's the key. Here's the thing. We can use thankfulness as our test, our litmus test, as to how conscious are we of this reality of Christ being alive in our lives. How's your thankful meter? Yes, I'm bringing it to a close now. Let's look inside. Let's talk to the rabbit in our heads. How thankful are we? Where's our focus? Everything I've said to you today rests on verse 1 of this chapter. If you have been raised to Christ. If you have raised with Christ. Are you sitting there? Have you surrendered your life? I've been to church often, and I've always wondered, do people actually realize what that actually means? Like, think about it. Your life. Your life is based on the choices that you make every moment of every day. Have you surrendered, personally surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Made him Lord, master, owner, boss that's what we're going to do we go, I'm going to close the, 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 my message now and I really want to challenge people on the Holy Spirit um, when we were preparing put these three things here the first thing if you're sitting there and we can do the whole Heads bowed, eyes closed, and whatever. No, 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 hold on. We live life in the public eye, don't we? So if we're going to surrender to Christ, we need to surrender to Him. And there's no, there's no shyness or scariness here because every person here wants you and is encouraging you to surrender your life to the joy and thankfulness of Christ. Is there anybody here that wants to make that commitment for the first time? Don't you want to join us? Anybody else? Come on, let's be brave. Want to join Momo? Come, come forward. Anybody else? Yeah? Dory, there's lots of people going to be with you now. No, you can stand, yeah? Come stand. Stand with me, Amo. Anybody else? Come. Then the next thing I want to ask is maybe you sitting there and saying, yeah, Aiden, 
your things have really, some of the things you've hit me, my joy meter, my thankful meter is way low. Maybe there are people here that have been suffering depression for a long time. Anxiety is another one. If that's you, why don't you come forward? We want to pray for you. We want to break that. We want this to be a watershed moment in your life. I'm trusting that God is going to make this a turning point in your life. Yeah? I know there's at least three people out there. Yeah? Perfect. Come on through. And we're going to pray for you. Those guys that um, can just help us pray, don't you guys want to come forward now as well? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to come before you right now. And we want to turn our eyes on you. We want to set our minds and our hearts right now in Jesus' name on you. We want to build up our thankful meter. We want to live in the joy. We want to put away our flesh and revive our spirits to the joy that you are, that you died to give us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.